Hey, y'all. As we continue reading through Isaiah, we are continuing in chapter 10, which is a continuation of the judgment in the anger of God against the sins of his children and the judgment that is coming. But in the midst of that, he still gives glivers of hope. Even in the midst of despair and chaos, there is hope in Jesus. There is hope found in Christ. And we can be the light in that darkness. We can be the hope for other people even when we're utterly exhausted. I'm going to be completely honest. We are battling. We are struggling right now and we are fighting and God is holding us through a huge struggle in our lives right now. But God is sovereign. God is in control and we trust him. We lean into him and we trust him. Even when everything around us looks confusing and uncertain, I know God is in control and I know he loves us and I know his hand is on our lives and I know that he will bring us through this battle, this storm that surrounds us. And when we have these battles and storms, we can still show God's light. We can still proclaim hope for the world around us. And we can still love like Jesus loves. We can be the remnant for the others around us that lights their path and leads them to Jesus. So we're going to continue with that intro. We're going to continue in Isaiah with chapter 10, starting with verse 1. What sorrow awaits the unjust judges and those who issue unfair laws? They deprive the poor of justice and deny the rights of the needy among my people. They prey on widows and take advantage of orphans. What will you do when I punish you, when I send disaster upon you from a distant land? To whom will you turn for help? Where will your treasures be safe? You will stumble along as prisoners or lie among the dead. But even then, the Lord's anger will not be satisfied. His fist is still poised to strike. So that is God's anger and judgment against Israel, his chosen children who refuse to turn to God and continue to worship false idols and and sin and just not reach out to God. They turn and deny God in their lives. So judgment is coming and that sin is going to be judged. And then we have, God's going to use these surrounding countries to bring the judgment to Israel, but then he's also going to judge them for what they do to his children. So he uses them for their purpose and then is going to punish them too for their sins because they do not trust in God either. In verse five, we have judgment that's going to be coming against Assyria, Assyria. What sorrow awaits Assyria, the rod of my anger. I use it as a club to express my anger. I am sending Assyria against a godless nation, against a people with whom I am angry. Assyria will plunder them, trampling them like dirt beneath its feet. But the king of Assyria will not understand that he is my tool. His mind is not working that way. His plan is simply to destroy, to cut down nation after nation. He will say, each of my princes will soon be a king. We destroyed Kalno just as we did Karkemish. Hamath fell before us as Arpad did, and we destroyed Samaria just as we did Damascus. Yes, we have finished off many a kingdom whose gods were greater than those in Jerusalem and Samaria. So we will defeat Jerusalem and her gods just as we destroyed Samaria with hers. After the Lord has used the king of Assyria to accomplish his purpose on Mount Zion and in Jerusalem, he will turn against the king of Assyria and punish him, for he is proud and arrogant. He boasts, by my own powerful arm I have done this, with my own shrewd wisdom I planned it. 
I have broken down the defenses of nations and carried off their treasures. I have knocked down their kings like a bull. I have robbed their nests of riches and gathered up kingdoms as a farmer gathers eggs. No one can even flap a wing against me or utter a peep of protest, but I can axe, but can the axe greater, boast greater, sorry, let me start over with verse 15. But can the axe boast greater power than the person who uses it? Is the saw greater than the person who saws? Can a rod strike unless a hand moves it? Can a wooden cane walk by itself? Therefore, the Lord, the Lord of heaven's armies, will send a plague among Assyria's proud troops, and a flaming fire will consume its glory. The Lord, the light of Israel, will be a fire. The Holy One will be a flame. He will devour the thorns and the briars with fire, burning up the enemy in a single night. The Lord will consume Assyria's glory like a fire consumes a forest in a fruitful land. It will waste away like sick people in a plague. Of all that glorious forest, only a few trees will survive, so few that a child could count them. So he's saying judgment is going to come and he's going to use these evil people to press into his chosen people, his children, Israel, Jerusalem. He's talking in the into the southern kingdoms right now. And he's going to use them to help them turn, help them repent, to refine them. And we, when we face struggles, we, we can ask God, what are you trying to show me here? What are you trying to teach me? What are you trying to strengthen me in? And allow God to move in those struggles and in those battles and just trust his mighty hand that he has us. No matter what we face, he has us. In verse 20 will continue. And again, we have a, a glimpse of hope in verse 20. In that day, the remnant left in Israel, the survivors in the house of Jacob will no longer depend on allies who seek to destroy them, but they will faithfully trust the Lord, the Holy One of Israel. A remnant will return. Yes, the remnant of Jacob will return to the mighty God, but through the people of Israel, I'm sorry, but though the people of Israel are as numerous as the sand of the seashore, only a remnant of them will return. The Lord has rightly decided to, to destroy his people. Yes, the Lord, the Lord of heaven's armies has already decided to destroy the entire land. So this is what the Lord, the Lord of heaven's army says. Oh, my people in Zion, do not be afraid of the Assyrians when they oppress you with rod and club as the Egyptians did long ago. In a little while, my anger against you will end. And then my anger will rise up to destroy them. The Lord of heaven's armies will lash them with his whip, as he did with Gideon, triumphed over the Midianites at the rock of Oreb. Or when the Lord's staff was raised to drown the Egyptian army in the sea. In that day, the Lord will end the bondage of his people. He will break the yoke of slavery and lift it from their shoulders. Look, the Assyrians are now at Iath. They are passing through Migron and are strong and are storing their equipment at Michmash. They are crossing the pass and are camping at Geba. Fear strikes the town of Ramah. All the people of Gibeah, the hometown of Saul, are running for their lives. Scream in terror, you people of Gollum. Shout out a warning to Laish. O oh, poor Anathoth. There go the people of Madmenna, all fleeing. The citizens of Gibeam are trying to hide. The enemy stops at Nob for the rest of that day. He shakes his fist at beautiful Mount Zion, the Mount of Jerusalem. But look, the Lord, the Lord of heaven's armies, will chop down the mighty tree of Assyria with great power. 
He will cut the proud, that lofty tree will be brought down. He will cut down the forest trees with an axe. Lebanon will fall to the mighty one. So we have, again, hope there's going to be a remnant that remains. And if we stand strong in the battles, if we stand strong when we face difficulties, God will carry us through and we can bring his glory through the land to other people. We can suffer well. We can stand firm on God and his power and his might and his strength and the fact that he has us through this storm. And even when situations look bad, there's hope. That's who God will use. He's going to use this remnant. He's going to use the people that trust in him and stand firm in faith no matter what. God has not forgotten his people and he has not forgotten us. He works in our lives. He loves us. He delights over us. He cherishes us. And then it continues in chapter 11. Again, we have hope. Out of the stump of David's family will grow a shoot. Yes, a new branch bearing fruit from the old root. And the spirit of the Lord will rest on him. And the spirit of wisdom and understanding and the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. He will delight in obeying the Lord. He will not judge by appearance nor make a decision based on hearsay. He will give justice to the poor and make fair decisions for the exploited. The earth will shake at the force of his word and one breath from his mouth will destroy the wicked. He will wear righteousness like a belt and truth like an armed undergarment. In that day, the wolf and the lamb will live together. The leopard will lie down with the baby goat. The calf and the yearling will be safe with the lion and a little child will lead them all. The cow will graze near the bear. The cub and the calf will lie down together. The lion will eat hay like a cow. The baby will play safely near the hole of a cobra. Yes, a little child will pull it, put its hand in the nest of deadly snakes without harm. Nothing will hurt or destroy in all my holy mountain. For as the waters fill the sea, so the earth will be filled with people who know the Lord. In that day, the heir to David's throne will be a banner of salvation to all the world. The nations will rally to him, and the land where he lives will be a glorious place. In that day, the Lord will reach out his hand a second time to bring back the remnant of his people. Those who remain in Assyria and northern Egypt, in southern Egypt, Ethiopia, Elam, in Babylon, Hamath, and all the distant coastlands. He will raise a flag among the nations and assemble the exiles of Israel. He will gather the scattered people of Judah from the ends of the earth. Then at last the jealousy between Israel and Judah will end. They will not be rivals anymore. They will join forces to swoop down on Philistia to the west. Together they will attack and plunder the nations to the east east. They will occupy the lands of Edom and Moab, and Ammon will obey them. The Lord will make a dry path through the gulf of the Red Sea. He will wave his hand over the Euphrates River, sending a mighty wind to divide it into seven streams, so he can easily be crossed on foot. He will make a highway for the remnant of his people, the remnant coming from Assyria, just as he did for Israel long ago when they returned from Egypt. So again, we have Isaiah speaking into the current situation, the coming of Jesus, our Messiah, and the future second coming of Jesus when all peace and restoration is done on earth. God is not done with his people. He is not done with us. Our story isn't over. He is working in our lives and it is his it is his story working through us, not ours. And his story is not done. The stump that remains after the exile will not be completely dead. A sprout will grow from it and the house of David comes forth and God's not done. And he brings forth Jesus in the midst of exile. He gives 
hope. In the midst of troubles, he gets hope. Life is coming. And in the rem out of the remnant, life comes. Eternal life comes out of the remnant more than we can see at that time. And we see things when we see things through God, we see hope, we see restoration, we see redemption, and we know Jesus came and died for our, our sins, giving us righteousness and forgiveness and eternal peace with God. And God's involved in the chaos. We can trust Him through it all. The oppressed will be redeemed and there's going to be an army. He's going to wear righteousness like a, a belt and truth like an undergarment. And we see the army of or the armor of God in that. And the truth and righteousness will reign. And he says, look, prep for the end. This is a battle. Let's keep marching. Let's keep moving on. And this was, again, prophesied over 700 years before it happened, before Jesus came and brought us that freedom from sin and righteousness for all eternity. And the stump of Jesse, the branch, brought it forth. Jesus is the branch, the Messiah. And he comes forth from that remnant of survivors so we can stand strong and firm on God and Jesus and his good news and his healing freedom and his liberty for the oppressed. And in Luke 4, 18, it talks about the fulfillment of this very passage and the remnant and how it will restore Israel. And he's gone ahead. God goes ahead and he knows all of our tomorrows and we can stand firm that he is with us and he has us and we can trust him. And all the people will know about God when the second coming comes. The entire world, nation to nation, as far as the east is from the west, will know the presence of God in peace and freedom in amazing glory. And the remnant of survivors after the catastrophe, those who remain faithful to God, carry this forth. And in Micah 2.13, it, it prophesies the same thing. The king... He leads the remnant and he's preparing the way and God is making a way through our faithfulness and we can all shout with a big, huge, loud, yes, sign me up. So that concludes chapters 10 and 11. Y'all will continue tomorrow. Have a great day.